Hello, and welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss the future of the beauty and wellness industries with the people who know them best. I'm your host, Priya Rao, beauty editor at Glossy, and today's guest is Stacey Panagakis, the CEO of LimeCry. In this episode, we talk to Stacy about how a DTC upstart like Lime Crime is faring in physical retail, how the brand is experimenting with AI, and why the future of its marketing strategy relies on partnerships. Hope you enjoy the episode. Today on the Glossy Beauty Podcast, we have Stacy Patagakis, the CEO of Lime Crime. Welcome, Stacy. Thanks. Thrilled to be here. So, Stacey, you came to Lime Crime in June 2018. What did you think the opportunity was when you first arrived? Uh, all I saw were opportunities at Lime Crime. You know, I think that the brand excited me so much. It was just so colorful, and the fact that it was a digitally native brand with the most passionate consumers that I've I've ever experienced. Um you know, so opportunity-wise, first thing I saw were there were only in three categories, eye, lip, and hair. And we have so much opportunity to expand those categories, but find some hero products that are going to get people coming back time and time again. Um, the other thing I got really excited about was the fact that they are in this hair category and have the right to play in this hair category. And we've recently done a survey and our customers want more and they are very excited about it and want to try different things. So, Stacey, when you got there, you know, a lot of people thought of Lime Crime as kind of like this raw um, diamond in the rough, if you will. Um, it was very digitally native. It was very associated with its previous founder or their founder. Um, but, you know, there were some challenges with that. How did you kind of see ways to carve that out and make it stand on its own without its founder? Well, I, you know, first and foremost, I think that Doe created an incredible brand that is colorful in all ways, shape and form. And our past is colorful. So, it was really about ensuring that the customers knew that we were going to be transparent and authentic with them. And not that that wasn't the goal in the past, but I, I, I just think they didn't quite know how to approach some of the controversies. There was a time when there was only five people with the data breach, and it was difficult to understand what steps they should take. And you know, that, not that that's right or wrong. It just was the past, and now we have to move forward. And how we're going to do that is authentically letting our consumers know we're transparent, we will be open, and we will ensure that they come first. So when you think about how to appeal to them, besides being digitally native, um, retail has been a big priority since you guys um, since you came to the helm. Talk to talk to us a little bit about that. We're so excited about retail. I mean, we've just put our toe in retail. We're still seventy percent digital, you know, globally. Um, but really, the the customer is the one who said, "We want to see you. We want to touch. We want to play." And in places like BeautyCon where we were in real life and we were creating these experiential moments, whether they be games or quizzes, the consumer said, where else can we find you? And that led us to, to understand we needed to take the next steps and, and start talking to the retailers. And Ulta was a perfect fit for us, as well as Riley Rose. 
What makes those retail environments a little bit special or differentiated from, say, you know, a department store or a Sephora or a cost bar? Well, Riley Rose is a perfect fit for our brand. It is that younger Gen Z who is looking for fun, hip, experiential within that environment. So it was it, that that to us was just a no brainer. And again, I think the Gen Z generation is more comfortable in an Ulta now than than a Sephora. I think you've done a podcast on that. And we want to be where our consumer is the most comfortable. Stacey, when you think about who that customer is, is she uh, more coastal? Is she from the middle of the country? Who is she? What can you tell us about that? Well, what we know is by far the West Coast is our biggest demographic, followed by the East Coast. So it is the coasts, but we we have a healthy amount around the globe that we um, track on a regular basis. So it, it it's fun to watch, but certainly the two coasts and and then... Chicago and that middle area is getting bigger and bigger because of the Ulta demographic. Talk to us a little bit about that because we've heard from many different brands, many CEOs, that you know that getting to that middle of the country customer, the way that you do that, is with Ulta. How has that fared for you guys so far? So far, so good, and the the response has been phenomenal. She uh, the the Ulta consumer is responding and incredibly well to the brand and they're very excited and right now we're still only on one shelf in about 400 stores so what we're hearing is you know on on our social platforms is why why aren't you at my store when are you going to be at my store so we are responding she is responding and it's it's really exciting are there categories or areas of interest that have come to light in different ways now that you are in those middle of the country stores versus the coasts I, I think as we started, we were uncertain if our palette, our, our larger XL Venus palette, would be of interest to the consumer because its price point is $58, and Ulta was a, a little uncertain, and we tested it, and it's the number one selling product right now. So what we are seeing from the Ulta customer is pretty similar to what we see around the globe. And and a couple of products have surprised us. We have a, a lip gloss that is called Extra Poppin', and we sold out of it in four days when we went live. And we were all surprised and went out of stock, so we had to make some really fast, and now it's back in stock. So that, that was a fun surprise. Um, and then, of course, we're in just recently all stores with our hair products, and our, our unicorn hair is blowing the forecasts out of the water, and we're just beyond excited about the potential in hair at Ulta. Why do you think hair is such an area of interest for this customer? Is it because there's been lack of innovation, lack of interest? Well, I think I think that the customer is ready to express herself in different ways, and a semi-permanent or a washout hair color is such a fun way to tell the world, hey, here I am. And there aren't a lot of options. And in the Ulta environment, a third of their total business is hair. So for us to go and present this very fun, colorful option to their consumers is such a beautiful fit. What about um, your recent foray into AR and AI um, in stores, which is pretty different from what we're seeing other cosmetic companies do right now? So one thing for sure is 
um, experiential retail is the future. And Lime Crime has always created those experiences. Like I said to you earlier at BeautyCon, the experiences of events and games and creating in incentives to in, while they're standing in line. And we knew we wanted to bring that experiential retailer into Ulta and Riley Rose. And when the AR came to us, we looked at it. First of all, it's perfect for our packaging. And second of all, it's just an amazing way to help create an experience that will help educate and entertain at the same time. So if you can imagine a package where our Venus literally comes to life and talks to you and tells you about the product and then tells you how to use the product right in your bathroom or standing there at the gondola to say, is this right for me? We got so excited about that and felt like it was the next generation of education. When you think about AR and AI and you know, it's largely associated with virtual try-on. Um, and it's largely associated with, obviously, converting um, from that virtual try-on. Why did you think that this opportunity was more important than, say, you know, just trying on a lipstick or trying on a hair color? Well, we love the try-on and are looking at that option, too. But, but this opportunity goes also into storytelling, where we can tell not only the story about the product, but branding. And like I said earlier, more importantly, it's about the education. So... Even today, the number one question for makeup is, how do I do a smoky eye? So we want to be able to teach her step-by-step step how to do a smoky eye right there from the palette. And it, it's ease, it's entertainment, and it's fun, and yet she gets that comfort level of the how-to. So you launched that in 18 stores in Riley Rose, and it's slated to go into 400 stores in Ulta this summer, correct? Correct. So when you think about that from a scaling point of view, does it get more complicated when you're in more stores or, you know, in, in different end caps or settings? It doesn't get more complicated because the exciting thing about this technology is we can update it at any time. And we can send a push notification to say, hey, Venus has something new to tell you. Make sure you take a look. Now, it'll all depend on how many products we choose to bring to life. Right now, we have two and one actually ready to launch in the next couple of weeks. And we'll see how the customer responds. And if it goes well, we'll the plan is one a month. Do you think that that's potentially scalable across your entire assortment? Pretty much. What we've learned is not everything is activated. Um, the technology doesn't necessarily like foil. It doesn't read that what they call foils. And we've got a lot of foil on our packaging. So we've got, we're learning as we go. How do you think you can marry that experience to what you're doing online with education? Like, is there that kind of synergy? Absolutely. We can we can use the same videos online. We can take some of our great videos from social and use them within this technology. So there's a lot of overlap. And what do you think... Um, with social, you know, one of the things I remember when Lime Crime was kind of in this transition period and 10 Grim Capital came along and you yourself as well, was that it was one of these brands that had such a following, such EMV um, value. Um, how has that changed or, or scaled since you've been on board? Well, I am delighted to say we have a 65% growth in EMV. And just last month, Tribe Dynamics used Lime Crime as a spotlight for one of the fastest growing brands. And this month we just surpassed Kylie. So we are 
very excited. When you think about that, um, the competition in the digitally native space, you know, amongst the Kylies, the Anastasias, the Hudas, what's working for you? Um, because a lot of the th- things that are working for them is that they are so associated with a founder or a celebrity, and you seem to be more democratic in that approach. Yeah, I think what's working for us is, and I hate to use this word because it's now overused, but I have to, authenticity and staying true to the brand and really using influencers who pick the brand. We don't necessarily pick the influencer. That's not to say we haven't gone for some influencers, but we really do find these people who are already madly in love with our brand and we nurture those relationships. What does that influencer strategy look like today? I mean, you know, people are moving away from the big macro influencers to the micro influencers. And, you know, people are kind of tired of that spawn con um, partnerships that we've seen for so long. So what do you think is really adding value for Lime Crime? Well, what's exciting about influencers is they can come from anywhere. It doesn't necessarily have to be the traditional beauty influencer. And we've never played with the macro influencer. We tested it a couple times and it it, it didn't resonate with the brand. So our strategy has always been micro and it's absolutely working for us. But we're, we're looking beyond because lifestyle and the world is not just one tunnel of beauty. So whether that is other brand partnerships, collaborations, artists, I think sky's the limit with where you can go with partnering with other brands and collaborations. When you think about that experiential piece, um, I know BeautyCon has been a big um, supporter of you and vice versa, and that's worked well. Do you think that that's something that you would maybe want to take to a South by Southwest, to a governor's ball? Do you think that's valuable for your customer? Listen, we explore and are open to all of it. You know, the brand has never been risk averse. And not that those are risky, but I think, yeah, we are open to what's right for the brand and where are our people and we want to be where they are would you ever open your own stores i think we would talk about collaborations with other stores um i have a lot of retail store experience in my past and my thoughts are customers today are really looking for a different experience than a one-note store, one-brand store. And they're, they're looking for um, experiences with either collaborative experiences with brands, you know, or the Ulta experience, which is where we're just putting our, for our toes in, where we're just starting out. And so never say never, but the future will tell us and the consumers will tell us what our next steps are. Stacy, why do you think that so many other digitally native brands um, go the pop-up route? Do you think that that's interesting at all? I, I think pop-ups are interesting. You know, some people think that they're over, that they're done. But listen, I think if you do it well and right and give them a reason to come and participate and experience and play, absolutely. Great way, great way to showcase your brand. Do you think that that largely has to rely on the Instagram appeal or the EMV appeal? Yeah, I think it has more to do with scarcity and the unavailability of the product. So if you announce that you can come and touch and play with product that they've only seen online, it's like, wow, sign me up. 
And I think the Instagram ability moments are still fun, but that's not exactly the draw. Stacey, so you guys have been largely known, um, at least as a U.S. brand, and you know you do have a lot of reach or potential internationally. What's happening on that front? Well, it's we're coming up upon our year anniversary when we opened Selfridges, and that has been an incredibly successful endeavor for us. We um, are in the beauty workshop, and we're the number one brand in the beauty workshop, and we have an outpost now up on the second floor that's doing incredibly well. So we're just thrilled with what's happening um, in the UK. When I leave here, I'm off to Asia to seek some future possibilities for the brand, and we'll be um, in Germany and other parts of Europe in July. So so what's exciting internationally is 40% of our DTC business is coming from the international markets, and we're really clear as to where we need to go next and which markets are ready for us. So you're expanding in the UK with Selvages and also going into Douglas in Germany. What do you think the biggest differences are amongst that German customer, UK customer, US customer? What are you finding that they're gravitating towards that's different than here? Well, I don't know that it's all that different from here. What what they're loving is uh, the brand DNA, the colorful, magical world of Lime Crime, and it's it, we're hearing the same messages. When can I touch and feel and play and interact with the brand? Are you going to bring these kind of AR experiences over there absolutely, as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I got to tell you a story. When we were in Selfridges, we got to meet the customers and spend time with them, and one mom and daughter came up to us and just said, we drove two and a half hours to come here to finally be able to touch and play and and interact with Lime Crime. Thank you for bringing it to the UK. It was so fun. And, and, and it was just one of those moments that was, this is why we're doing this. When you think about um, what's happening in overall consumer beauty, whether it's mass or prestige, there seems to be some fatigue from you know some of the larger brands, like the Rimmels, the CoverGirls. Um, why do you think that is? You know, I I think consumers are looking for community and reasons to believe. And some brands are sticking with their traditional message of the brand or the product versus bringing in a community of people and letting the people also lead. There can be a fear with bigger brands, understandably, to kind of allow their community to speak out. They're going to speak out regardless, so you may as well use it. How do you think that that could work potentially on a collaboration basis or, you know, creating new product for your own innovation pipeline? We are constantly thinking about who would be right for the brand to collaborate with and to get feedback from. We send surveys out. In a couple of weeks, we're bringing in our customers to the, our showroom and just talking to them. It's It's got to be a two-way street, and you have to listen to your consumer. And when you think about kind of implementing that and executing that, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, do these focus groups, do these surveys, but then it can take a year to get product in stores. How do you think that you guys can up that timeline and up that kind of reactionary approach? I think you have to be ready to move and move quickly, to your point. Um, we heard through our hair-loving consumers that they wanted a conditioner that extended the life of their color, as well as treated their hair. 
and we are turning around a product in five months and giving her a hair conditioner that will help do just that. Solve her problem, keep the color in a little longer, and condition her hair. Stacey, I have to ask, and it's something that's come up on this podcast quite a bit, um, is the amount of customer data that people get these days, whether it's from their sites, whether it's from social, from these focus groups. How do you kind of navigate all of that? That is such a good question. I think it's like everything else, and you have to pick your priorities and focus in on what's really important to us in the brand at this stage and hone in on that, take that data, activate it, learn from it, and then go on to the next. Otherwise, you can really drown in data. When you think about what those priorities are for you guys the rest of this year, what can you tell us? Our priorities are staying true to the brand, continuing to really focus in on LimeCrime.com and making it our showcase and winning at Ulta. Going back to social for a second, now with the um, ability to shop directly from Instagram, is that something that you think that could work for Lime Crime? Yeah, we're really looking forward to Instagram rolling out that shopping capability to all the brands. You know, with our 3.5 million followers, we know anything we do to make that shopping experience easier and more efficient is going to work. Last question, Stacey. You know, one thing we haven't talked about is growth and sales. Um, I imagine that you guys have experienced quite a bit in this last year since you've been at the helm, um, especially with this retail expansion. What can you tell us there? Oh, Priya. Um, I can tell you that we are growing rapidly and we are thrilled, particularly with what's happening in wholesale. Even though we're opening quite a few channels, our LimeCrime.com is healthy as it's ever been. Perfect. Thank you so much, Stacey. It was great having you. Thanks for having me, Priya. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. A special thanks to Gianna Cappadona, the producer of this podcast. As a thank you for listening to the Glossy Beauty Podcast, we're passing along a limited time introductory offer on a three-month subscription of Glossy Plus. Glossy Plus members have access to unlimited content, exclusive research, and more. Join today for just $49. That's 80% off by entering the code INTRO at checkout. For more information, head to glossy.co slash subscribe. We'll talk to you next week.